You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Hello there. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches. Thanks for tuning in today. My name is Aaron. Uh, if you are uh, new to the podcast, a very special welcome to you. Actually, today's episode is going to be a tad bit different than previous episodes, but I'm glad you're here. Uh, for those of you that are longtime listeners, as always, thank you so much, and I'm glad you're here uh, in the trenches with me. So for starters, uh, one, it is the holiday season here in 2019, uh, December, when you will be listening to this recording at first, so uh, a preemptive Merry Christmas to you. And I truly hope that you have a blessed um, holiday with family and friends. Two, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, Normally, one of the things I like to do here on Dad in the Trenches, because I am still very much in the journey as well, uh, I invite other dads who are in the trenches or have been in the trenches and, um, you know, have a unique perspective on life, a unique story, something that they can share with us that's a it's challenging, equipping, encouraging, um, those sorts of things. Um, and uh, today it's just me. And so uh, for those of you that may be new to Dad in the Trenches, uh, by all means, I encourage you to go back and listen to other episodes. I actually did a four-part series um, earlier in the podcasts uh, that was called 40 for 40, um, 40 Lessons Learned by the Age of 40. I, I turned 40 this past year and uh, recorded a four-part series on some reflections on that. So it's not often that you all uh, get me, and uh, we're going to talk about discipleship. This is something that I've been thinking about and processing on for a very long time, and uh, I hope it blesses you and brings some new insights to you as well. So as I've read the Scripture, one of the things that uh, seemed to always jump out at me when I read it was uh, Jesus' calling of His disciples— Specifically, the passages where Jesus is walking um, by the shoreline and he sees these fishermen and he says, hey, come follow me. And the interesting thing that happens is that the scripture says immediately they dropped their nets and they followed him. They left their father there. Um, they left the family business and they followed him. And it always got me wondering, why would they do that? Um, reading through the Gospels, It's really early in Jesus' ministry. It's not like suddenly, you know, he's like the greatest internet sensation has hit. Uh, You know, word spread. He's gone viral in the community. It's really none of that. Um, This is like right after Jesus begins his ministry, after being tempted in the desert. And, and then this happens. He starts calling his first disciples. He, He calls a tax collector and he immediately got up from his booth and left. And it's like, I've always wondered why, what is so compelling 
They haven't even seen Jesus do miracles. It's just this dude walking by and he says, hey, come follow me. What does that mean? And for years I wondered that and really never had a good answer or example or understanding. And then I came across some information by a, a fellow by the name of Ray Vanderlaan. And um, he does uh, he does trips to Israel. He helps people understand the Jewish context, kind of a historian, apologist, uh, does apologetics, that kind of thing. And so some of this that I'm going to share with you is just straight up out of some of his material. But I think it's really helpful for us as we think about discipleship. Um, We've got to understand it through the Jewish lens, one, before we can even apply it to today. Because I think when you hear the word discipleship today, especially in the Western American church, um, so much has lost its meaning. And uh, I think there's also implications for us as fathers. Um, And even as we're in the Christmas season, I think there's some things we can draw and extract from this too. So uh, we're going to work through that and then draw some of those conclusions near the end of the podcast as well. So to understand first, what does it mean to be a disciple? And why would Jesus saying, follow me to someone be so significant? We have to understand um, Jewish education. And so again, some of this, I'm going to lean on some of Ray Vanderlaan's stuff. Um, but um, kind of gave you the cliff notes here. But basically, um, around the age of five years old is when um, Jewish children would kind of start their schooling. So um, typically they would be associated with a local synagogue in the first century. Um, a lot of the time, especially if they were small, the community would hire a teacher, uh, respectfully called a rabbi for the school. Um and this teacher was uh, responsible for the education of the village, even though he may or may not have had special authority in the synagogue himself. But um, children begin their study at around age four or five. Um, and then the teaching was focused primarily on the Torah, which is the first uh, books of the Bible, emphasizing both the reading and the writing of Scripture. So um, large portions were memorized, and it's uh, even likely that many students knew the entire Torah by memory by the time um, that their this level of education was finished. So, um, so much was uh, auditory was spoken, uh, and then learning to to read and write along with that. And so, um, it's quite different from today's today's uh, elementary schools for sure, but. Um, this is just the beginnings of what um, a first century Jew would have understanding. They would have memorized the Torah. They would have known Moses' law. They would have known these um, these types of writings. So, um, and and really at this point, when when they they pass through that first level schooling, it's kind of like a cuts made. So the best students continue their study, um, typically also while still learning a trade. Um, this is when they kind of go to secondary school um, and still are taught by a rabbi of the community. And um, really, they kind of studied alongside the adults in town. Uh, they studied the prophets and the writings um, in addition to the Torah and begin to learn to inter- the interpretations of the, um, the oral Torah, uh, to learn how to make their own applications and interpretations, kind of... Um, if you're familiar with uh, like catechisms, uh, it might be like a catechism class or something um, that some churches do. Um, but again, memorization continued to be important because, um, I mean, especially if you're in a small community, you wouldn't necessarily have, 
have had your own copy of scripture, so you either had to know it by heart or, you know, you were a part of the synagogue and had to uh, go to the scroll there at the local synagogue. So, um, so memory was really enhanced by reciting um, scripture aloud, which really is a practice that's still used a lot in, in the Middle East today. So constant repetition, constant repetition was considered to be an essential element of learning. Um, and then again, here's what happens. Another cut's made. So really at this point, uh, the most outstanding students um, then took this next step, which was they sought permission to study with a rabbi, uh, which meant leaving home to be with this rabbi for lengthy periods of time. So um, I may butcher this. So for those of you that are much more um, in tune with uh, <laughs> Hebrew, you know, these students were called the Talmidim, Talmidim, um, which is translated to mean disciple. So, um, and this is much more than what we would just call a student. You know, a student, a student in today's society, you know, they, they want to know what the teacher knows to get the grade, you know, um, applying to be a, a Talmidim, uh, to be a disciple was, out of respect for the teacher. They wanted to be like the teacher, and that is that is to become who the teacher was. So as a student, especially as a, um, you know, the best of the best students, they would have, uh, especially if you're around Jerusalem, there would be lots of rabbis, lots of teachers. And so these students would be scanning, whose teaching do I associate with? Whose teaching do I like? Whose life do I want to be like? Um, they would have been passionately devoted to their rabbi and noted everything that rabbi did or said. So that meant that this relationship was a very intense uh, personal system of education at this point. Um, and as the, la- the rabbi lived and taught his understanding, um, the students, the disciples, listened and watched and imitated to be like him. They would ask questions. They would have really tried to dig in to know uh, what it is he knew. Um, and obviously they would become teachers and pass that on themselves. So we paint this picture um, about first century Jewish life and the education process um, so that you all can understand that this was a place of intense study of Scripture. Um, people were knowledgeable about its content because they memorized it, they worked at it, and they knew it by heart. Um, they knew the various applications made by their tradition, and they were determined to live by it, to pass their faith and knowledge and lifestyle on. So it was very much into this world that the disciples were familiar in which Jesus came. So that leads us to this phrase, follow me. Where does that come in? So most students sought out the rabbis they wished to follow, Um, This even happened to Jesus on occasion where other uh, students would come and ask to follow him or would ask questions. Um, But the rabbi, he would consider the student's potential to become like him, um, whether he would uh, make the commitment necessary to follow him, pray about these things. Uh, It's likely that a lot of students were turned away. Um, But then some, of course, were invited to, and this is a phrase, to follow me. And so 
imagine you've been a student your whole life. You're in your late teens, maybe early 20s. You've been memorizing. You've been devoting your life. You've found this teacher, this rabbi that you want to be like, you, you want to follow, you want to imitate, you want to learn from. And you may or may not hear those words, follow me. For Peter, for the fishermen, for the tax collectors, those that were uh, maybe early in the process, early in school, but got cut. They, they couldn't hack it. They couldn't, couldn't make it. Um, didn't have the aptitude, didn't have the memory, didn't have the devotion. Um, they flunked out in a sense, and they went back to their family business. They went back to mom and dad, uh, went back to work with their siblings. You know, there was this aspect that they carried with them of failure, and they never got to hear those words, follow me. And this is what really just strikes me. Now knowing that, and I read this passage, Jesus is walking by, and he looks at these guys, and he says, hey, come follow me. That phrase carries so much weight. They would have immediately known what he was talking about because they had longed to hear that at some point. They knew the implications. And so this man now comes and says the very things they're longing to hear, which is, follow me. This is a crucial message for disciples of today, for us. I don't know about you guys, but I make a lot of mistakes. I don't know where you find yourself in life. Um, Maybe you've had disappointments in the past. Maybe you've even had a a family member or even a father that was disappointed and you felt his disappointment. Um, you, You haven't been able to make it in your job or something just hasn't worked out or there's disappointments. But this is a crucial message for today. Because just like the disciples, we're very much like them. (laughs) So many of us don't have the pedigree. We don't have the education. We don't have any of these kind of things. Um, But Jesus looks at us and knows all of that. But yet he still calls us. And we can believe that Jesus calls us to be disciples because he knows he can so instruct and empower and fill us with His Spirit so that we can be like Him. And that's part of it. That's what Jesus saw when He looked at Fisherman Peter. That's what He saw when He looked at Matthew the tax collector. That's what He saw when He looked at each of these disciples. And He knew all those things, and yet He still said, follow me. And for us in this day and time, this means that we must be no less focused on the rabbi, on Jesus. We must be with him in his word and in prayer, listening for his spirit. We must follow him even if we're not sure of what all's going to happen. We must live by his teaching, and of course, which means we, we know those teachings. We must imitate him whenever we can and whatever we know and wherever we sense his leading and everything else, just like it was for those students, everything else becomes, takes a backseat to life and focus on being more like him. Implications are huge. 
the thing I love about this and that I love about the, as I read the gospels and I read, um, really the, the dumpster fire that was the disciples. I mean, Peter, what a mess, my goodness. Um, Jesus is patient and he still works with us. He's gracious. Yeah, he, he, just like he did with some of his disciples, he'll kick us in the rear sometimes when we need it as well. Um, but it's for our good, it's for his glory, and ultimately he's shaping and changing us to be more like him. And that's part of being the disciple. So, a few things for us here. One, and as it's Christmas time, I want to think about this and talk about this, is just like the disciples would look and scan and study, or the potential disciples would look and scan and study the rabbis, they would land on one that they wanted to follow. The invitation to us is to follow, but we also have to decide, are we going to follow him? And as we consider who it is we're following after, consider the Christmas story, consider the Christmas message. This God who humbles himself, takes on the form of a baby. He's born to an unwed mother into absolute poverty. He's in a stable. There's so many circumstances surrounding his birth uh, that are not like what you would expect a king to come into in his glory. Uh, It's a great paradox to have a God who is all-powerful yet humble at heart. And so... This Christmas, I ask you just simply to consider who is this Jesus that you're following, that you're saying you're a disciple of? Do you know him? Do you read his words? Do you meditate on his words? Do you spend time in prayer? Do you listen for his voice? Do you know who it is you're following? And then also the the application for us as fathers and this is one that hits, hits home for me as I think about this scenario. Um, whose responsibility is it to disciple our kids? And I know years ago, my answer would have been uh, much more weighted on, well, what's the kids' ministry at the local church like? Um, but I really think, and I've come to learn that's missing the point, that's um, if, if I'm expecting to let a local church disciple my kids for one hour a week. Um, I'm totally going to lose the battle uh, and lose their hearts. And um, the statistics are clear that it's just not enough. Um, Kids are leaving the church in droves uh, by the time they leave high school. And so what is it really that's at the heart of discipleship? And when we consider what it was like to be a first century disciple, um, who am I? in that role of the disciple maker. Who am I as the quote-unquote rabbi? Um, And it's a very sobering thought um, to think, are my kids um, considering if they want to follow after me and the pattern and the ways that I'm living? Very sobering thought. But I'm also encouraged by Paul's writings And the words that he says to his disciples and his followers and to the churches that he's writing to, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. 
that's the best that I can do. I can, as, as a disciple myself, I'm looking to my rabbi to be shaped and to be changed, um, to learn from, to be discipled, to become more like the teacher. And so as I do that, my kids see that. Um, my kids follow after me in that. I instruct them and teach them in the way they should go, as the passage in Deuteronomy talks about. So reflect on these things, dads. This Christmas season, reflect on who it is you're following. Take the different perspective, maybe than normal, of this is, a, this is the God-man that I'm following. And what is it that I can learn about him through this Christmas and what he's done why he's done it, and uh, what does this reveal about him that makes me so much more want to follow after him and learn his ways. And then also um, consider how you are as a father. Consider, um, are you worth following as a father? And maybe there's some things that need to change. Um, I love the baby step approach. I, uh, it's easy to try and make seismic shifts, and it, it works for a week or two kind of like New Year's resolutions, (laughs) Um, works for a week or two and then it falls flat. But if we can just make small incremental changes, maybe it's as simple as I just need to read my Bible more in the day. I need to crack it open every day. Maybe I need to spend more time in prayer. Um, Maybe I just need to connect more with my family. I need to give them more of my presence, more FaceTime, more listening. Um, could it be any host of those things, but um, are you worth following as a father and imitating ultimately Jesus and that they might imitate you? And I'll leave you with this encouragement too, Dad. We are not alone. Jesus um, in John talked about, look, hey, disciples, guys, it's good that I go away because when I go away, I'm going to send you a helper. And he sent us the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to counsel us, to help shape us and change our desires. And really all that's required of us is to submit to that, to submit to that change, to simply um, let go of our self-reliance and to trust him, to follow him, to abide in him. And because of that, we're not alone this fatherhood journey, we're not alone. And so just as we struggle to maybe be a father's worth following, Jesus is working right through his spirit with us saying, yes, you have what you need. I'm here with you. Um, Learn from me, imitate me, be with me. Let me shape and change you and make you into Um, who I am. So Father, I just pray that for these dads listening right now. I pray that you would just breathe new life into them. Father, we're all dads in the trenches and we're tired. And you know, the holidays are upon us and that can be challenging in and of itself. And I just pray God that you would, um, one, give us strength and endurance that you would encourage us and you would equip us for the days and weeks and months to come. But I also just ask that um, the very thing you promised us, 
you would do and you continue to unfold. You'd make us more like yourself. You continue to renew our inner man every day to be more like you and that the actions and the speech and the thoughts and the outflows would all be more like you. You create in us a clean heart, God. Would we be quick to repent, be quick to run to you, would be quick to drop pride and self-reliance and to lean on you, to trust you with all our being, all our heart. Thank you, God, that you are faithful and you love us. You went to great lengths to be with us. What kind of God are you that you would come to us in the form of a baby and do what you've done? You are worthy of all glory and honor and praise, and we bless your name. We lift you high, Jesus, and we thank you. And I pray for our families. I pray that um, the legacies that we are setting in motion as dads in the trenches and as followers of Jesus would continue on, and you would bless our children and their children and their children's children, that they would know you and revere you and love you, God. Ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, thank you all for joining me here today on Dad the Trenches. Again, Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year. I'll talk to you all in the new year. Um, before I go, I know I say this, I feel like a broken record sometimes, but... Um, you know, I, it's been closing in on a year of doing the podcast and of having guests. Um, actually, it'll be this spring will be a year. But, um, you know, I'm doing this as, as something that I hope is of value to you. I hope that you're taking something the Lord's meeting you with the guests and some of the things that have been shared. Um, and it's equipping and encouraging for you. And um, uh, I don't know that necessarily, how it's affecting um affecting you as a listener, what the Lord's doing. And so um, really with that two things, if, if you're on Instagram, would you hit me up, um, send a direct message, um, or even email me at hello at dadinthetrenches.com. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear um, what things have been great and been helpful. What guests did you like? Um, that any, any of that information would be really useful for me. Um, but also um, just for... For the podcasting world, uh, this this hits multiple platforms, but obviously Apple is the biggest podcasting platform. It would be really helpful for me. Uh, would you leave a star review? All you have to do is go in uh, down the trenches profile. You tap the stars. There's five little stars that show up on the profile there at the bottom. Uh, tap tap stars. There's an algorithm, mathematics built into all that stuff. Not going to pretend to totally understand how it does, but the more reviews and stars you get, the the better uh, search searchability you get. And so, if this has been equipping and encouraging or uplifting or challenging for you in any way, shape, or form, be a huge blessing. Um, just to one get to see that, but also to help other dads find the content, and even more so, um, leave a written review. And I know that can sound daunting, and if you're like me, I don't always know what to say on those things, but um, you can simply just leave a review of, I loved episode number 16. You know, I loved episode four. Um, this is always helpful for dads. Uh, this was helpful for me in this way. 
Um, you know, anything that you have written uh, is is also that helps the the mathematics behind the scenes, but also just helps dads that as they search for podcasts, they may look at the reviews and one they may not know where to start, or maybe they want to um, you know see what this is about. Written reviews really help just. Uh, those that are searching for it and those who have maybe have questions or want to know what it's about. So, um, you know, in, in efforts of, you know, I have a full-time job. I'm doing this just as a side thing and uh, I'm not making any money at this with the podcast or anything. This is just, I want to get something out that I hope is of resources, uh, especially when I was in my uh, darkest days. I uh, would have really loved to have a resource like this, just a place I could go to get more equipping and encouraging and guys challenging challenging me and the status quo and, and those kind of things to really uh, press the envelope of, of me as a dad and as a Christian father. So I hope that's the case for you. And, and if it is, um, I, I just humbly ask that you would give some feedback and reviews. Uh, it would be really helpful. Uh, if it is a value, then great. Let's keep it going and uh, excited to, to continue doing that. So uh, for those of you longtime listeners and new listeners, if you've listened to anything else, um, I'm so glad you found Dad in the Trenches, and I'm glad you're here. And um, share it with someone who, you know, needs it. Share it with another Dad in the Trenches. Thanks so much for tuning in, taking a little bit of break here around the holidays. So uh, we'll be back in January with another episode. Uh, catch up on some past episodes if you haven't done so. All right. Take care. God bless. And thanks so much. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Battle on, dads, and walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.